One guy's a three-time Pro Bowler, the other's a three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, and together, they're just two guys talking pack. This is the Coon Podcast with Jason Wildey and John Coon. It is the John Coon Podcast, episode 20. Let's go with 20. I like it. Um, this is a milestone. Normally, oh, mean, it's a milestone. Let's talk about it. what are some things that that have milestone. The the obvious one is just your anniversary, you know. And at twenty, that's a huge one. So, what did you bring me today for our twentieth show? <laughs> what did you bring me? Here's a water. <laughs> that's your you, water. I got you a water. <laughs> um, uh, I brought you coffee that I hopefully won't <laughs> spill in my lap like I once did. Um, I uh, I didn't bring you anything. I was waiting for twenty five. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I don't know if sense. we're going to get there, but, uh, you know. That uh, <laughs> makes sense. 25 is a little bigger. I like 20, though. It's a nice, even, round number. And, uh, I, man, we made it. We made it. 20 shows in, that's when you know you actually got a little substance. Yeah, well, I, I think we knew we had substance before that. I will say this. I believe you are coming up. Um, I'm not going to delve into your personal life, but you're coming up on a major 10-year anniversary uh, in your professional life. Because it'll be the tenth anniversary of the two thousand ten Super Bowl team that'll yeah, be this that, season. Isn't that something? And and it's funny because when you first said ten years, I thought that's my marriage. This is my ten. This year will be a ten year anniversary oh, really? for me and Lindsay. We got married the year of the Super Bowl. The funny thing about Super Bowls is we always say, um, if you want to, you get married and everybody starts having kids because that year. Everybody, I mean, we had probably 15, 20 guys on the team that. having kids that Super Bowl year. We got married. Uh, Tausher and Sarah got married the year before. There was just a bunch of weddings and a bunch of babies and a Super Bowl. So we always tried to say, all right, let's replicate this. Everybody get to work and start having some more babies out there. <laughs> There's that great picture of Tausch who missed most of that season with an injury, but he is on the field in the postgame celebration, and Max is a baby with the with big the headphones, headphones yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I don't want to. I, I usually try to put you in the best light, okay, and I believe well, in you. you. Well, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. <laughs> but um, you do know your wedding anniversary, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, see, some guys. I figured you did, so I wasn't worried. But sometimes I'm a numbers go- guy. Like I just numbers stick in my head. I was a you know a, a big into math when I was in college and school. So numbers stick in my head. Um, I, I know birthdays and anniversaries and, and dates based off of the numbers, not necessarily the months. So I, I'll tell you the numbers. So your wedding anniversary is what? 717. 71710. 10. So you got you literally got married like a matter of what, two weeks before oh, training yeah. camp right started? Before, right before. Tell us about the wedding. Well, I mean we we did it back in Lancaster, you know, Pennsylvania. I mean, that, that's she grew up in. I was, she, that's she grew I was up. Thinking. She grew up in Lancaster. I grew up in York. There are towns right near each other. Um, we didn't know each other growing up, uh, even though our we found out later that our paths crossed uh, quite a few times in, in the track and field realm, um, not in the soccer realm because I played football. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to your soccer career in a little bit here. <laughs> but um, so we went back there. We had the wedding, and a couple of my I can remember a couple of my teammates made it. And it was like marching um, Brad Pitt down the uh, the red carpet when these guys walked in to uh, to the party after the wedding. You know, Mark and Sarah walk in. Mark's bigger than life, and it's like everybody wants to know who the big guy is. My my buddy Corey Hall walks in, and they're like, "Who is that guy in the nice suit with the good looking wife?" You know, it's Ryan Grant showed up with his girlfriend at the time. So we, I had uh, Chad Clifton uh, somehow had flight troubles, but we had he always <laughs> does that. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. But I had a couple of my teammates there, and it was a it was a great time. Um, I had a band. I had an eighteen person band, which was which was nice. A brass section, and uh, you know, a big drum section. A couple guys on the guitar. Wow. Yeah. Like a like borderline orchestra. N- not well. I mean, how many That's do you need, how many do you need for an orchestra? Eighteen. Um, you know, some of the, some of these people were just dancing though. So maybe maybe tambourines and stuff, but. <laughs> Be a good role for us but it was, in the band. And I was convinced after that day, you go bands at weddings. You don't go, you know, you don't go. D- I mean, DJs are fine, and some DJs are great, but a band can really bring that party to life. So uh, did Aaron Rodgers come to your wedding? No, he did not. 
No, he did not. No. He sent a, he sent a good gift. But hey, like you said, that's getting close to training camp. He had to focus in, and that was the Super Bowl year. So maybe he was in. You know, maybe he was doing some sort of. You know, he's always got something going on going into a season. It's it's this new diet, or it's this new meditation, or it's getting hypnotized, or it's these <laughs> things. So whatever he did that year, it worked. So I would say go back to that and try so it again. He, he told me this once, and you, look, you guys have been good friends now for a decade plus. Um, but he told me that he limits the number of weddings that he goes to because in some ways he feels like a distraction at the wedding. And 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 I would not – I bet that is truly how he actually feels. And, you know, I just drew the short straw because I was so late in the year coming right up on training <laughs> camp, so he probably filled his quota by that point in time. I could see that, though, right? Now, another fullback invited him to his wedding – uh, Danny Vitale. Yeah. Uh, he did not go in that. Again, either. though, Danny was late, though. Danny's date is really close to mine. I remember this because we were talking going into last, uh, last the break between off-season OTAs and then the season. So he's in that six-week window as well. So maybe he hit that quota mark. You know, I don't think a July wedding is going to work for Aaron Rodgers. My favorite thing about the Danny Vitale wedding story, though, is obviously he married Chris Chelios's daughter. Yeah. Um, and they went to Northwestern together. She does. I think she's with the Tampa Bay Lightning on their broadcasts. Yep. Um, but Danny Vitale told me this summer that at Aaron Rodgers' table, where he was supposed to sit, because of Chris Chelios's friendship with Pearl Jam, was Eddie Vedder. Wow. So that serves you right for not coming <laughs> yep, to the wedding. Yep. You could have sat with Eddie Vedder at the uh, wedding. Well, see, that, and the thing about that wedding is he wouldn't have been a distraction because there are right. some big names right. at that wedding. Chris Chelios, or Chris Chelios, Eddie Vedder. I mean, it, those are right. some big names, and, and he would have been sitting at the table. And big the biggest table. name at yours but was I, Tausch? Yeah, we'll go with Tausch. Um, probably the lead singer in that band that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> They're big. They're huge. But it's funny that we leave out the name tag for Aaron just holding out hope that he'll show up. I mean, that's not sad and pathetic. That's just us, you know, wanting our teammate, you know, we're going to give him every opportunity to, to make uh, an appearance. See, you're a good friend. Uh, um, I would. Some might say better than him. But that I, is I'm something when you that. come out. Of, uh, of your reception, and you just glance at the name tags that are still sitting there because those are the no-shows. You know, those are the people that, that did not show up, and you just think, well, that's at 120 bucks a pop. That's, uh, that's you know, about 1500 bucks. So, but you, you went in not expecting him to show up. Yeah, I didn't expect him you to show up. You could have saved that. You could have said, if he shows up, we'll pay extra for the one meal that he needs. Well, I figured if that name tag was there, there'd be a little, you know, there'd be a little be a staying buzz. power. So yeah. if so if the beginning portion of the band set was a was a bust, people would still hold out hope that Aaron would show up and they'd stay anyways. Well, you always got to be thinking, Jason. That's a, that's a good thinking. Maybe for your next marriage. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, geez, that's rough. I know Lindsay listens. So, um, one more thing about uh, off seasons because obviously it's different now that you're a player. But your good buddy Drew Brees, who you played with in New Orleans, uh, has decided to come back for another year, and he did it. You know, obviously very early, right? It's February, as opposed to maybe say one Brett Favre, who would you know hem and haw and whatever else. Um, as you, training camp gets closer for a player who is maybe on the fence, um, you were ready to play again in 18, right? Yeah. If, if, and, and you had some opportunities. You were going to be very specific about what you were going to do. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, the, as training camp gets closer, do you, do you, do, did you, in your instance, and do other players, generally speaking, I know everyone's different, but do they start to think, Oh, I can't. I, I want to play again. Or is that maybe a time where you start to think, you know what, I'm ready to not play again. You know, 2018 was such a great year for me because it was it was a year that I stayed prepared and I stayed ready. To, and 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 the phone did ring at several different opportunities. So the way it works is you go into to free agency and teams aren't really allowed to talk to you before free agency hits uh, with the finger quotes. Yes, and. When we when we take this podcast video, they'll be able to see those. <laughs> so so at, at some point in time, whether it's a few days before or a few days after free agency starts, that's when your phone starts ringing about all these teams that are testing the waters. Just find out: Are you coming back? Are you going to play again? We're interested. We're thinking about this. We're going to try this. We got priority free agents. That's what they call them. 
basically they're not fullbacks. Well, that's a good feeling. <laughs> uh, we have our priority free agents, you know and the, then we have you. You know, the Packers told me they were they had to get their priority guys first for about four years in a row. <laughs> you know, I, I signed ten one-year contracts, and for about four of them, it was, let us get the priority guys, then we'll come back and we'll get you done. Okay, thanks, uh, thanks guys. I'll see you in a little bit. But th- that happens right around free agency. So your phone's ringing, you're like, oh, here's A, here's B, here's C. You're like, it's almost like you have a map and you're putting little thumbtacks in you know, places yeah. that you could go and you're talking to your wife. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I knew I wasn't going back to the Saints at the time because Zach Linefield in had a pretty nice job the year that I was injured, and I just assumed they were going to re-sign him, even though they said if it doesn't work with Zach, we'll work it out with you. He did re-sign, and then it, you know, it kind of goes dry for a little bit. Then then once the practices, the off-season practices start to pick up, that's when you get the phone calls again because some guys go in and look out of shape. They're not doing well. Teams are not quite sure how they feel about this guy, that right. guy, the other thing. Check back in with you. Okay, yeah, we're still here. Um, there was at one point in time when the Redskins had called me and they were like, we're going to bring you in, get ready. We're going to, you're, you're going to do a workout for us. We're going to bring you in. We got this guy named Darius Geis. It was his rookie year and we need a fullback for him right now. We got a linebacker doing it. It's just not quite working out. Okay, cool. He literally got hurt the next day of off season workouts. So he got hurt. Oh my God. My agent called in and said, Hey, what's going to, what's going on? And they're like, well, you know, he got hurt, and Gruden's thinking about switching up his philosophy with the offense then this year. You know, we might pass it more with Alex Smith, and we're thinking about this, and we're thinking about that. So let's just pump the brakes a little on John. And then they signed Adrian Peterson, which I was like, oh, now he he wants a fullback. Bring me in <laughs> for him. It didn't work for them, uh, but it worked for Adrian Peterson. He just, uh, right. he just he got just, optioned again right. for another he year. He's going to play forever. Um that's interesting because Darius Geis turned out to be a really good player. Once yeah. he got healthy, he was mm-hmm. key for them this past season, and then he got injured going against the Packers in that late-season game uh, where he accused, if I recall, Darnell Savage of being a dirty player. Yeah, we talked about that on one of the earliest podcasts. We don't need to retouch on that. No. Um, but he is he is a pretty talented player. Um, so it's interesting, though, that you, you bring that up because as you kind of look back on your career um, – you had other opportunities to keep playing, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about this with T.J. Lang, one of your other former teammates and good buddies. Um, he retired after, what, two years in Detroit after yeah. he left here? And and he, I remember him telling me uh, that in that March, he was getting calls to come back, too, mm-hmm. and that there were teams that were interested in Yeah, him. but T.J. was telling them flat out, I'm done. That's was, exactly I was, what I was, was going to say. I was, he knew. He knew he was done. And I would say if he knew he'd done, he was done at that point, he probably knew at some point in time during his last season. Right. You know, my last season, I still felt like I could play. In fact, I got injured. I worked my way back. I was designated to return I remember that. after the playoff game um, if, if we had happened to won the Minneapolis Miracle which is what some people call it. I call it the Minneapolis disaster. But Not as alliterative, <laughs> but more accurate for your team. So, yeah, but that's what happens. So you try and, and, and you try and see if you can squeeze another year out, in my case. And then I got to about August, and I started golfing. You know, I'm working out in the morning, still staying in shape. Sure. But I started golfing for the first time of my life in August in Wisconsin. And I started thinking, wow, this is this is pretty nice. You were not crashing these into guys, other these guys. These guys, I'm watching the Packer highlights because, you know, I'm still here in Wisconsin, and they're banging each other. And I'm thinking, wow, this is 75 degrees, and I'm on a golf course right now loving life while these guys are sweating away for 12 hours in the meeting rooms, in walkthroughs, in practices. And that's when I started to think, well, if I don't play this year, I think I'm going to be all right. And I... And and I and I go back to say eight that transition in eighteen was it it just allowed me to be right with myself versus saying I'm done or somebody saying you're done. Just the speckle of possibility that I could have played that year, that teams were calling, that teams were interested in in me. And it even happened a little bit in September, you know, in October right. and I thought, Well, do I want to? I, I, let's wait until they're serious, till they're ready to throw a contract out. It never happened, but it, at least I got to the point where I was like, I'm completely fine not playing again. So I'm, here's the reason why I wanted to get to this, because in Drew Brees' case, he could have theoretically retired and gone into a booth the same way Tony Romo did. Frankly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, people were... People were 
going for him. I mean, they were shooting shots trying to get Drew. Hey, man, if you're done, Tony's going to sign double-digit millions to Correct. talk into a microphone. Are you sure you don't want to do this? So and and so that's a little bit different because he's a quarterback, right? And and high profile and everything else. But you're a little bit of a throwback guy, right? You're a you are a an old school guy, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Not old, old school. But there has been this trend, I think, where a guy like T.J. Lang or a guy like you um, would have tried to squeeze another year or two past your expiration date just to get a couple more years of service and contract and money. Mm-hmm. Has the, have you seen, because you started your career, what was your rookie year, 05? 05. Has the money changed enough, as we've seen, because I want to talk about the CBA. Whoa. Has it changed to the point where maybe guys don't have to do that as much? Because when I started covering the league, man, there were guys that, you know, they were on their seventh, eighth team because they wanted to eke out that one more year and that one more year of paychecks. It's it's to each of their own, but I will say this right now. When I came into the league, the rookie minimum was $230,000 for the year. This new CBA looks to mark the rookie minimum for 2020. If they sign this deal, it's going to be 640000 That's three times what it was. Wow. It, and, and it just goes up from there. That's right. the starting point for the minimum rookie. So, yeah, the money. I'd say the money's going up quite a bit. So let's talk about the CBA because you've been a player rep for the for for a couple of years, and this is now something that is top of mind. Even though it doesn't expire until after the season, there seems to be a real push to do it now. But there is because, keep in mind, the 2020 season starts in just a few weeks. If this deal doesn't get done before then, you might as well table it to next offseason because you cannot apply anything to 2020 right. once that, what is it, March 14th, 17th, yeah, I think date, 18th? Yeah. yeah, somewhere around there hits. So uh, you were actually on the Super Bowl, reigning Super Bowl champions in 2011 when the lockout was part of the equation. And how about this? And in 2005 when the oh, CBA really? before, because I was with the Steelers in 2005, we won the Super Bowl. The CBA got extended that year as well. So maybe the Packers should have brought be- me in this year, man. It <laughs> may have been a little bit of magic. We'd have had some babies with some with, with some wives. We'd have had a CB. CBA deal expiring, it would have been the perfect scenario. Um, so there is discussion of this getting done. There was, and there's a bunch to hit on from what's leaked out so far. Uh, playoff format, 17 games. This push to try and get the deal done before the league year begins. Put yourself in your NFL PA player rep shoes. How are you looking at how this is kind of unfolding right now? There's a couple small details that I want to know. Um, one, I told you the the, the minimum uh, scale, uh, the minimum wage scale, and and I personally would have liked to have seen that bumped up to a million dollars. Every guy gets a million because the to me, the uh, the players took a little bit of a hit on the last CBA. The first five years of that deal was spent around forty five, forty five and a half, forty six percent of all revenue goes to the players. Now they're talking 48, 48 and a half for 17 games. So I think the money's right. But the problem with the last one that I had, um, they took all they, they took all that big guaranteed money from these rookies away and put it into the pool for right. the veteran players. But really, it didn't go to anybody new. It, it went to the quarterbacks. It went to the star receivers. It went to the star left tackle. Um Basically, the, the, the pass start, rushers. Yeah, so your core special teams guys, the guys that are your backup linebackers, your fullbacks, your um, your sixth man offensive lineman. The money didn't trickle down to even even running backs. Even um, it didn't trickle right. down to them in the same way. So I I, I would have liked to have seen more of a. Uh, one million dollar range minimum wage and going up by ten percent for each year of service after, but still only counting towards that minimum on the cap. That's money that is pennies to the cap and pennies to these teams, but is massive right. for the majority of the players in this league that only play three and a the half ones that years, aren't stars. four years, five years, and are backups. Uh, it's just it's it's a massive amount of money. I did the math today. I would have played my last year at three point three million dollars, which would have been outrageous. I mean, would have been 
so good for me. Um, and and that's you that, wouldn't have to do this podcast. That's one thing that I would have liked to have seen. Um, the other thing is is the healthcare situation. They said they wanted to go for lifetime healthcare. I think there's no way that ever happens. I'd be very very surprised. Oh, really? If the owners ever do that now, why? You, I just I I don't see it happening. I see it being that that's going to be a that's a lot of money and that's a lot of unpredictable money. You don't know how much. Right, that's true. Yeah. So five years, you can kind of even if they bumped it up to ten years, that'd be better for the players. And I could see that maybe being the case. But five years, especially the first five years out of football, when you're the healthiest in your life, I see the owner saying, "Hey, I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't see lifetime medical for players happening." So. With that in mind, with those two things in mind, I, I do still like the way that they bumped up minimum wage. I, I think I think the players would be a little bit silly not to sign this deal this year when you start looking at if they get this done before this year, that's one more percent of overall revenue that goes straight into the players' pot for 2020. That's a massive amount of money for the year of 2020. But the players are never going to win. Right. I mean, if you're talking well, winners you say, and losers. What do you say when? I mean, here's the deal. This deal right now is a far away winner compared to the last deal. Isn't that just what you're looking for? Progress? I mean, there, if it's another 10 years, then 10 years from now in 2030, we're going to be looking back on, uh, wasn't that good of a deal? Right. Isn't that what we're doing now? Because in 2011... That's what people were saying, right? What oh, were they, people saying? That, that this was a good deal. They looked, no, you, you would, people yes. weren't saying that. Yes. No, they They weren't. might not have been right. No, people. I, oh. I don't think a lot of people were saying. Jeff Saturday that. was. Jeff Saturday said it was. Listen, I, I think guys that said that said that specifically because they had a certain invested interest in that. They needed to play. They needed to make. You know, big name guys were put on the Players Association for that reason. They wanted big faces. They wanted to make a splash uh, with these guys going to these meetings. The problem is, you know, those are the guys who are going to miss the most amount of money, not the most percentage of, of their net worth, but the most amount of money right. for that next season. 45% I don't think was a win, and I don't. I especially don't think it's a win when you see what we got back for that. We right. got back practices being uh, limited in the offseason, limited in the preseason, all kinds of ways of scaling back time with the coaches. The owners only love that because that can only make their insurance premiums lower. They don't want to see where their were you then? Where? Why weren't you a rep then? Because this is exactly my point. I remember being on the sideline with a couple of other writers at an OTA practice, and the new rules were in place in 2012, and you had signed Jeff Saturday as your starting center, and I remember him turning to us during a drill and saying. Does that look like non-contact to you? Doesn't look like non-contact to me. And this was this big win, right? Less practice time, and you got an extra month of your off-season, right? And you're exactly right. That The, the now, owners didn't give yeah, a crap that, about now, that. Now, don't get me wrong. That's progress. Limiting those contact practices, that's progress. But but the players should not have to have sacrificed money right. to get that in return. So that, that, to me, is where the failure was. Now, I do believe that the owners acknowledge that and, and the win that they kind of had for the first five, six years of this last deal. I think the last deal for the last three, four years has been pretty fair, honestly. I, I, think, I think where the money has gotten now is, is good, not great. It's going to be great at 48.5%. I know players, every player out there that, that listens to this, which maybe there's one. Stop. <laughs> They want 50-50, and I think that's the fairest you can get. Do I think the owners are going to give it to you? No. But when I look at them playing for 47% in 2020 versus 48% in 2020, that's a $150 million difference that goes straight to the players for the immediate future. I, I think it's good. All right, so let's talk about a couple of the things that have come out as these discussions have gone on. And again, I don't know if this deal will get done or not. Uh, I saw a tweet from David Bakhtiari kind of pointing out the 52-48 splits. And the he 50. doesn't like it. He doesn't. No, Dave wants 50-50, and he's fair, to, he's fair to want that. I mean, does anything get more fair than 50-50? Let's be honest. No, it, it doesn't. And, and I'd love to see um, the owners do it too. But here's the deal. If, if the players say no to this deal the way that it is right now, and the owners were very smart to leak this information out because people know the players are being offered more money and they're being offered more money if they get to 17 games. 
So if the players say no to this, then you go into an uncertain negotiation next year with the players have already saying no to more money. All right. I still I, I would like to know more, right? That's part of the problem with this is that the things that have been leaked. Well, the devil's always in the details, right? Correct. I want to know, and they go to a 17th game, what happens with contracts that are already negotiated through 2021? Because 2021 is when the 17th game would t- go into place. Are all those contracts prorated for an extra week of service? Because I think they should. If not, every team gets somebody signed here in 2020 that goes through 2021, and it doesn't account for that 17th game. So, all right, let's start. I want to start with the playoff thing first. Then we'll get to 17 games. Um, the proposal, which if a deal gets done in time in the next three, four weeks, would apply to the 2020 season, would expand the playoffs from 12 teams to 14 teams, seven in each conference. The, first, the number one seed would be the only one to get a bye. You're talking three wild card round games to start out, which means that the Packers would have played the Rams at Lambeau Field to open playoff play in the first week, and then the world champion Chiefs would have had to face your other former team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, were down to like their eighth quarterback. Oh, well. Oh, well. They battled. They They were eight eight and eight. eight. They went eight and eight. Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, what, week one? Week one, zippity doo dah. Okay, well they're good. Do I want that team in the playoffs? Listen, I don't like seven teams from each side in the playoffs. I love seven teams from each side in the playoffs. I think this would give up. Shocked by this? I think at first, I think even a couple weeks back, I said no, I don't love this idea. Right, that's I I was here. Yeah, but the more I've thought about it, I think. And I said at the time, I said, why bump it to seven? Just bump it to eight. Make everybody play in the first round. Even it out there. Make it, make it yeah. really even. But now I disagree. Because if you, you go disagree to, with yourself. Yeah. If you, okay. go, if you go to eight, then, then you're kind of teams at the end of the year that are really good. They can just rest guys and, and sit guys. And that kind of convolutes, half the, league, that kind of convolutes the whole uh, playoff scenario there and, and fair balance and, and, and how things are getting played. With one bye. I think you see a bump in not only the, 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 the product in the regular season, but also the postseason. Because now we're getting three wild card games on Saturday, three wild card games on Sunday, and that fight to the finish line. Could you imagine all the teams in the NFC this year that were up for a one seed going into week 17? And how ferocious that play would have been with just one buy on the line. I'll give you that. That I'll give you. First of all, I don't believe that the owners want seven in each count. I think they want eight first. I think they'd be crazy to go that way because when you look at basketball, the reason why it works in basketball is because, and in hockey, is because they play so many games. They can kind of... They can kind of seed and reseed themselves throughout. It doesn't really matter, and they play seven-game series. Correct. But, but in football, the reason it doesn't work is once you kind of are, are locked into the playoffs, well, then it's just about who you play. If, if you have to play in the first round, then right. it's just about who you play. And then you can kind of and finagle. And, and whether you're at home or on yeah, the road. You can kind of finagle um, if you're going to win, if you're going to, I don't want to say lose, but how competitive you're going to be down the stretch, resting guys and, and things to that nature, because one game r- really, really matters. But I think with that one buy, with that one buy, nobody can sit on that. Nobody. You, that team, no, that, that you've got to play that out. Because now there's not a huge difference between getting the one seed and the two seed, other than if you face each other in the NFC Championship game, like, say, the Packers and the 49ers. You have to go there, and that did not go so well for the Packers. I don't. Part of me would say that I think the outcome's probably the same, except it's a lot closer if that game's played at Lambeau Field. Part of me says, hey, who knows? Maybe the Packers are. They play far better at home. They were a really good home team. Now, this year. if the Packers would. And, and we talk about they were an inch away from being the one seed. If they would have gotten the one seed in this new scenario, and San Francisco has to play three games, and the Packers only have to play two, both at Lambeau Field, I mean, we could be talking about a whole different complexion of things. And and let's talk about this year's scenario. If the Packers had to play the Rams in the first round, how do you think that game plays out? 
Um, I think they could lose it. They could because anybody could win. Any, I think they win the game. However, could somebody get injured? Could right. they go into Could they go into Seattle, Seattle then. the second week with somebody injured? Well, that, you that play- matters. I mean, it's all the. Thi- I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it, and I just think it, it just that that little wrinkle to me. I at first thought it was ridiculous. Why go an odd number of teams like that? Now I think it's fan. I think it bumps the regular season and it bumps the postseason. All right. So speaking of odd numbers, but you hate it. I don't hate it. I don't like it. Okay, well then make your claim for uh, why you don't like it. I think it is... I it, heard watering down the playoffs. When? We are watching XFL games well, that's right now. I think it's watering down the regular season. I think you are taking away the value. Uh, there's only 16 regular season games. And look at the number two seed, for example. I understand that it's they're getting a bye right now, and they wouldn't under this... That's a huge deal. That is one fewer game that you have to win, right? Get the one seed. And it shows you that, okay, we'll get the one seed. But this gives you two teams that have something to strive for, right? The Packers had to play in that Detroit game. If they already knew they weren't going to get the number one seed, let's say that's the scenario, then they can... They don't have to play they that game. didn't know that. They thought they had a chance at the number one seed. I they understand. Had to, yeah, so my point is, even under the new even under the new way, they would have played that Detroit game to win because San Francisco at Seattle was not, as we saw, a, game, a, a right. foregone conclusion. They would have played it anyways, Jason. There's, so where's the dilution? The dilution to me is there is less value to the regular season when, the more teams you allow into the playoffs. Half the NBA gets into the playoffs. That's more like, than yeah, half, yeah. in fact. Yeah. No, no, they got thirty teams in the NBA. Right, and sixteen oh, make yeah. the playoffs. I said I was good with numbers. <laughs> Only dates, apparently. All right. Speaking of odd numbers, how about seventeen regular season games? Yeah, I'm okay with that too. I'm okay with that too because I, 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 I first want. I've never you, been more disappointed. I, I first want you to play down your seventeen games because you're kind of conceding on the playoffs right now. I don't have a great argument against it. That's fair. So let's move on to the 17 games. Yeah, go ahead. I don't like the 17 games. I think it's imbalanced. I think it is inherently unfair because one team will, half the league will have nine home games and eight road games, and the other half will have eight home games and nine road games. Well, they didn't specify the details yet, which we said. They're not going to have 17. They're not going to have in place. All these European games, or no, they just need neutral sites. Why can't, um, why can't Dallas and you know New York play in L.A. for a weekend? Why this is your solution. Why I'm just I'm for as far as you're saying, these teams that are going to have now nine home games and eight road games versus eight road games and nine home games. I mean, some teams already do it now, and we don't care because it's the Jacksonville Jaguars going to London twice a year now next year. We don't care about that because it's the Jaguars. But if the Packers, heaven forbid, have to play nine away games and eight home games, then we're unhappy? Yeah, it's a kind of a big deal to the good people of Green <laughs> Bay. Um, well, we've heard Mark Murphy say that he's not that, that they won't give up a home game. To go to Europe, right? Yeah. So now here's a perfect chance for the Packers to get their London trip. In a year where they have nine home games, they no. would give one up. Why does it have to be a home game? Why can't they go and, and another team go? You're going to have neutral Jacksonville play uh, Chicago in Boise, Idaho? Like, why where not? are you going to put these games? Why, why can't... And, and I know you're a visionary, each, but... Each team only has to play... One neutral site game. That means 16 neutral site games. We already play four in London. They're looking to expand that. And they already have one in Mexico City. That's uh, You only have to do nine more games, right, Jason. So we're going to do one in, like, Toronto. Why not? Uh, we'll do one in Vancouver. Why not? We'll do one in Paris. Sounds great. Um, so you're <laughs> going to come up with... so. It's one game a year that each team plays on a neutral site. I don't see a problem with that. And that might not even happen. But let's let's go back and really discuss your So other because argument. you're the math guy, does that mean you only need eight such games? Because there's two in each game. Two two players. No, that's thirty two teams divided by two makes sixteen games. That's how I did it. Okay. So this is I was told there would be no math. But let's 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 just take it a step further. Let's say odd years the NFC gets home, you know, preference, and in even years, 
um, the AFC gets home preference and they play nine home games and eight away games. Is that you that think that's terrible equitable? Is that that terrible to you? I don't know. Your good buddy Aaron Rodgers always loves to say that your goal is to win all your home games and split on the road, and that way you're well, in fine. position go to four, win the division. Well, fine. Go four, four, and one on the road then. <laughs> you're still in a pretty good spot to win the division. We we tied. Yes. Um, all right. So you're you're on board with this too. I just want to hear another reason why you don't like it. I just said what the reason was. That's the only reason. I thought you were going to go. With I don't think. Safety. I don't think that was going to mean my next point. Well, I think this I is a phony league. That's me. Strong take. That's not you. That's me. I think they are so phony when it talk when they talk about player safety. Are we going to try and hide the fact that? They want to protect players, but they also want content and, and money. games. And and you know who else wants content and games? Players. Me, you, Joe sitting on his couch. Yeah, we want it. We want the content. I don't think David we Bakhtiari want the, wants we want, a 17th game. We want the content. We want the games. David Bakhtiari will take a 17th game when he sees these zeros behind his behind the beginning of his con, or contract there and on his paychecks. But I'll say this. There are already... And there will be this year, if the CBA gets done, 12 or this year, 14 teams that are guaranteed a 17th game at high velocities and contact in the playoffs. We don't seem to have a problem with that 17th game. And you're being paid based on whether you're winning and losing in that scenario. Yeah. You're, and, and the pay for those 17th games not is not high. near what it's going to be for a 17th regular season game. That's a good point. I still think that from a player safety standpoint... Um, if you're a, but we're going to get rid of a preseason game. <laughs> How many preseason games? I guess you kind of got hosed that one preseason year, right? Where you ended up having to play a ton in a preseason game uh, when all the rest of your starting buddies were done for the day. My thirteenth year down in New Orleans, Sean Payton said, "Fullbacks playing the preseason, John. You're playing the first half of every preseason game." I said, "Sean, thumbs up. I got you." <laughs> I mean, we don't argue this stuff. Um, so. If you're Aaron Rodgers, if you're any star, if you look at the Packers this past summer because you were there for the games doing these sideline reporting and with uh, offensive linemen playing like patty cake behind you while you're trying to report, um, they had one game where they played on an 80-yard field up north where, what was it, 33 guys didn't dress because those were deemed to be the 33 most important players on the 90-man roster? They were Tier (laughs) 1. You 57 guys, you got to play. And then the finale, it was almost the same number. In fact, it might have been even more because they kept the the league changed the rule and you could have 90-man rosters all the way through. So you're telling me, for those guys, they're already barely playing in the preseason. From a player safety perspective, if you're a significant member of the team, like Aaron Rodgers didn't play a single snap all preseason, but most guys that are significant contributors barely play in the preseason, though. Yeah, so why not cut So now they're having to play an extra game that they do have to play in. Ah, uh, uh, no, no, no! I, I, I uh, don't know where you're going with this. I'm saying that because all... we want to see that. Don't we, Jason? I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for them. Yeah, you're doing it for them. What do you want to see? Who do you want to see play? Now, let's let's take off your journalist hat and root for the the small town guy who needs the preseason. That is who I am. Who do you? I want, can't take that. Do hat you off. want to watch a preseason game or a 17th regular season game? If I said, here's a television, you're trapped in this room for four hours. Which game do you want to watch? You don't want to ask me this because I am not going to give the answer that 99% of the NFL fan base. Well, is you going are. To say. You just gave my answer that yeah no they they will say the 17th game but i do you think there's a hunger for that like they'll take it like if, well, if i had brought you donuts well you ask like about, you brought me donuts so I, you'd eat them i think it's funny you, you, but you, you didn't know, ask for the donuts mark cuban said 10 years ago i think the nfl is 10 years away from an implosion i'm just telling you pigs get fat hogs get slaughtered and they're getting slaughtered just watch pigs get fat Hogs get slaughtered. Was that so? That quote is ten years old now. That that's six years old. Okay. Sorry, did I say ten years ago? You did. The, okay, so that's he said that six years ago now. So that that's the only that's the only true argument that I think is out there. I I I, I will debunk your seventh playoff team. Oh. I will debunk your seventeen uh, game regular season dismissal. That's a lot of debunking. Yeah, I will I will debunk those. But this is this is the one thing because I even said to Drew because um, I had a lot of profound conversations with Drew. I even asked Drew at one point in time, do you think the NFL is too big to fail? And and I and I just 
kind of thought about that when you know the Colin Kaepernick situation was going on and the concussion situation was going on and everything that went on with the last CBA. The, the ratings were down one year. Remember, like there was all this negative talk about the NFL, but yet at all of our players' meetings, all the revenue continued to go up throughout all of these um, terrible news cycles. And I just thought to myself. Are we too big to fail? Because if we start really thinking like that, isn't that when you do fail? I, it's that. It's to me that's the more fascinating uh, angle to take. There is what Mark Cuban said. When do we push too much, and when does right. it start to dip? Um, or maybe when do you water down the regular season? That's so valuable. <laughs> um, so one thing on that point, because I think that, and I like Mark Cuban. I, I you know I don't know if we'd be pals. But I think he says some provocative things that don't make a lot of sense, and then he says some things that do make a lot of well, sense. Well, the good thing about an entrepreneur like himself is if you're right more times than you're wrong, you do okay. For you yourself. do really good for yourself. So, as you look though at football, right? Because when we were going through the concussion crisis, and again, I've said this a bunch of times, I'll say it again. I am embarrassed by the fact that I was so stupid. And I would look at games like when Don Beebe, the former Packers receiver, suffered a concussion in the first half of a game, was snoring on the field, out like a light. And then he came back and caught a game-winning touchdown in the second half, and we all celebrated it. Oh, that's me. That can't be good for your brain. It's just, how was I that stupid, right? It's embarrassing. I would also say that, you know, regardless of our friendship or my friendship with Tausch or the friendships I built with guys that I covered in the past that are now retired players, um, I have always had a soft spot for you guys because I understand you make a ridiculous amount of money, right? More than us normal people are accustomed to. But it is based on the kind of money that is brought into your game, right? Mm -hmm. Just like sports writing or sports radio, the money that I make is based on, you know, the income of that field, right? So you guys get paid commensurate with what your field brings financially. Um, So I know some people can't make that distinction, so they don't feel sympathy for you guys. Well, when I see some of the guys that I covered who are struggling, or when I have a conversation with a player and you know that they're searching for a memory that's not there, that hits pretty hard because there is a lot of guys that I liked covering and that I got to know um, you among them. And so for me, there's a little part of me that watches the NFL and feels some measure. It's not huge, but it's there of guilt that I have built a career based on this league where there are people that are putting themselves at risk that allow me to pay my mortgage and send my girls to soccer camp and everything else. We were at a place where there were people suggesting that the NFL could go the way of boxing, right? That it would start to lose interest and the game was changing so much. It would appear that the NFL is Teflon. Is it possible, now that they have settled the concussion lawsuit and now there is, you know, they have made these efforts to to make the game safer, and most importantly, players know what they're signing up for, whereas that's part of the concussion lawsuit is that a lot of times those players didn't know how damaging it mm-hmm. was. Do you think it is now at a point where it is too big to fail? Do you believe that, or is there? Can you see failure in some form or fashion? Boy, I, I, I just can't, and I hate saying it like that because, with the test of time, I, I would be proven wrong at some point in time, right? But I just, I, I just don't see it happening because. What will end first, in, the world or football? <laughs> I just, I just think to myself, man, what would it take for for the game to falter? Well. In every aspect as I was playing, they changed the way the kickoff rules were. They changed the way the you could, couldn't line up over a center anymore. They have done so many rules that I thought hurt the the actual game that I knew that I grew mm-hmm. up playing, but but it never, ever affected the entertainment that's on television. Right. And that is the key. As a sport, it might not be as, as we once knew it, but... It's going to always be incredibly entertaining and garner the viewership. And and I think even if they make it safer, if they do this new kickoff rule uh, that the XFL is doing, that I think makes the play more entertaining 
and safer. That is a contradiction. That never happens in football where you make a play more safe and it's more entertaining. And yet they can find ways to do this. I think the NFL is as healthy as it's ever been. And I think it's only going to get stronger in the immediate future. Okay. So um, one other aspect that we're seeing come in is obviously gambling. So we'll see how that influences everything. I do think that that's one way that the league could, any league, not just the NFL, mm-hmm. any league could find itself in trouble with a gambling-style scandal. Well, let me let me tell you something. The, the players have not not thought of that angle already and how much gambling is going to bring money into the NFL. Because the NFL is going to find a way. If you're capitalizing off the NFL, they're going to find a way to capitalize off of it as well. Right. So that's the one little niche that I have uh, coming down this wire here for the year 2020 of why the players, it might hold the players up. Because we don't know that money. We don't know if that's going to be an off-the-field kind of thing or or, or where that money is going to fall in and and what the split is going to be. Is that going to be an even split too or a 48-52 split with the players and the owners? And I think the owner or the players are going to really want to know that. The problem is if they wait and hold off to find out more details on that past this uh, new league year, then Eric Winston will no longer be the president, and then they will have to find new leadership in the form of a player. Um, and I know two guys vying for that spot are Richard Sherman and Russell Okung, uh, two guys who have negotiated independently their own player contracts. So right. They're very intellectual. Um, they're also not afraid to take on and challenge. So you, you're not quite sure where this could go if it doesn't get done within the next few weeks. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but as of now, the NFL has been, I mean, it doesn't matter if they don't know what a catch is. It doesn't matter if their officiating is bad. It really hasn't mattered. The concussion thing, all that, none of it has mattered. One other thing that could change it for that league and any league, though, as we are seeing, is cheating. And we're obviously seeing that with the Astros mm-hmm. right now and the the quagmire that baseball and Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, find themselves in. Manfred's got to be thinking, we need, I, thank goodness the opening day is before April 1st like it used to be because it can't get here soon enough for the guy. That The more the players talk, which I've never heard baseball players, and, and few ones do, but I've never heard baseball players be so vocal about other baseball players they are about this topic. It, it's it's amazing to me. What do you, why is that? What do you make of that? I'm, I make of it is they're really, they're really, really pissed. pissed. And the scary part is the more they knock these other guys that they played, the, they're, they're indirectly knocking the game. And it's I, it's just a bad look for the Astros. It's a really bad look for baseball. And as far as the whole topic goes, to me, just get over it. Okay, they did it. Manfred made his punishments. People that are not happy with the punishments, speak your piece and be done. But you guys need to move on because the more you hem and haul over this, the more you hark on it, it's just it just gets worse and worse and worse. How pissed would you be? Well, I'd be mad, but but I'll tell you the truth, I, I got I got cheated out of a game. It was a referee mistake, but I got cheated out of a game. The, the fail Mary. Mary, I got cheated out of a game. I I know there's guys that took PEDs while I was playing in the NFL. You know, it's you got to get over it. You can't you can't hark on. Listen, they're not going to put the champagne back in the bottle, Jason. It just does not work that way. And if you want to take the World Series rings away, and if you want to take the trophy away, you're just doing them a favor. Because there's a little saying that goes back to the king is dead, all hail the king. That mm-hmm. goes back to ancient times. Well, what that means is the king is dead, all hail the king, because there's a new king. All hail the new king. Well, this isn't the situation, because you can't make a World Series champion. So the Houston Astros are the World Series champion, whether you like it or not. You want to you you kill that? You want to say they're not? Okay, but everybody knows they are. And why? Because you can't crown the Yankees, and you can't crown the Dodgers. You can't crown anybody they Correct. played. You can't crown the Red Sox. You can't crown anybody they played in that postseason. So they will always be the World Series champion, but they got to own it as, as, as a curse now. You got to make it a curse. So you leave them. So you I leave saw them keep you the say trophy. this. You leave them keep the trophy. You leave them keep the rings because every time they wear that, they're going to have to answer to that mistake that they did. 
Do you think they will? Like, so, first of all... That's I, their own personal choice, but for you... Because they're going to say, forget it, I don't care for, what you think, we yeah, won that. Exactly. It's not a scarlet letter to me, because that was your tweet the other day. Yeah. They're going to say, screw you guys. It's not a scarlet letter. I'm proud of that. We cheated, it worked, we won. And there will be some guys who take that stance. You can't change those people's minds, okay? But for the good, wholesome people that know they made a mistake, that are truly genuine when they say we made a mistake. Now, the guys that go up and say, we made a mistake, we shouldn't have done it, but they don't believe it, yeah. they're not going to feel that way. But you can't, there's nothing you're going to do to take anything away from them aside from hit them with a fastball this coming up season. Oh, well, we're not going to do that. No, no. <laughs> yeah. There will be no yeah. retribution. Okay. Um, it has been interesting, too, to me, though, that it's been a lot of players that have been outspoken. Um, and you haven't really heard it from managers, general managers. Uh, it really is players that have. And I did find myself wondering, do we think other teams are cheating too in mm-hmm. different ways? Yeah, see, see, that's the thing too is is sign stealing, and people are going to get furious about the sign stealing's been going on forever. But it's the old school way of: Do I get on second base? Do I check out? You know the signs. Do I let my guys know? And then when right. they're up to bat, take my do helmet they, off. Do they peep down? Like so. So where do you make this cheating line? Where where is using it technology it's, it's a, appears it, to yeah, be the line. It's it's a fine line. So now you find on the scale where that line is, and you find out how far they crossed it. In this case, it looks like they found the line and they leaped across it. They didn't just tow across it. I mean, right. they they crossed this thing. By so far, it's not even funny. And that's how, you know, because baseball players would not be that mad to be this outspoken if they if they crossed the line by a little bit. Right. Because you never heard him talking about the guys taking steroids. Not really. No, I mean, there was there, it was always a few voices. A few, Kurt Schilling, but, but, but not many. But not many. You're right. No. You're exactly right. Because they knew, hey, we got guys that are doing that, too. Correct. And so that's what makes me, that's what makes me think they crossed this line by a mile because other teams are doing it, but they weren't doing that. that this one really. Like they feel comfortable enough to be critical because they know that they're nowhere in the yeah. same zip code mm-hmm. as the Astros were. Well, we don't cheat anybody on the podcast. No, this was a you, good you one. You get your money's worth out of this, which is, you know, good to know. Um, is this? We're not calling this the finale. No, we listen. You don't call the finale until it's the finale, and if you don't like after the fact, like you don't. I show up here next week, and you're not here. I know this was the finale. I might not be here next week, but it's not because it's not the finale. It's not because it's the finale. Oh, because it's. It, I got a golf trip next week, but we'll try and fit something. All in right, before you. Then. I will be here. Whenever you call. You want to do it? We'll do it. We'll fit it Fair in. Fair enough? Sounds good. That's it for this week's edition of the John Coon Podcast.